What are we to do? What have we become but a nation of destructive behavior? This is now a war, a war against all of us. The Biden administration is a corrupt mob and the Obama administration fuels the cycle. Let me warn you all that this corrupt behavior against President Trump is the most disgusting scheme to try and keep him down. And this is a horror. This system now allows criminals to steal from department stores and all they say is to watch and not do anything. And this is okay to sit and allow these, these monsters to destroy hardworking designers and retailers. My God, my fellow Americans, this is a civil war. And this is the time we must stand for truths. If we don't see this, you, your children, grandchildren, sisters, brothers, will all pay the price for this, this default. My God, let us not beg, let us not steal, but allow God's truths to be yours and mine. Let us not hide our pride, but allow God's greatest truths to show the way. We must stand up for truths we lost, stand up for the gift that was given to all, the freedom that the American dream stood for. If we allow deceit and allow this lie to win, we will all regret this. And my only wish is that all can find the truth, the freedom. Let us not allow the manipulation of this government to destroy this land, our purpose, our love, our light. Allow the truth to remind us all that we are a nation that has been free. And now our freedom is being taken away with lies and greed. Stand up now for the only truths that can save us. Much love to you. Hi, Steve here. I want to speak to people that are believers in Christ, those who've truly committed their lives to obedience and faith in Yeshua, Jesus, the Son of the living God. And if you're not a Christian today, I leave a link in the description box below. If you go down there and click on that link, it'll take you to a page that will help lead you in a prayer to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life too. Now, what I fight against it's no different than what the apostles had to deal with in the early church. False teachers, ignorance, and those who twist the word of God into something it never was intended to say. Like Peter said, also regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given to him, he speaks about these things in all his letters. There are some things hard to understand in them. The untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction, as they also do with the rest of the scriptures. So many believers would never consider reading the book of Jasher or the book of Enoch, and yet they are both acknowledged and acknowledged in the Old Testament and New Testament of our approved Bible. Others condemn every Bible translation but the King James Version. Joshua wrote, And the sun stood still. The moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on its enemies. Isn't this written in the book of Jasher? Also, And he ordered that the Judahites be taught the song of the bow. It is written in the book of Jasher. And then we've got the book of Enoch, which is so incredible in that it was written by the first prophet of God, and it speaks as much about the end times as it does the fallen angels and the watchers. Genesis says, Enoch walked with God. Then he was not there because God took him. Luke recorded the lineage, Methuselah, son of Enoch, in Luke 37. 
The New Testament says by faith Enoch was taken away, and so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Jude said, It was about these that Enoch and the seventh generation from Adam prophesied, Look, the Lord comes with tens of thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly concerning all the ungodly acts that they have done in an ungodly way and concerning all the harsh things ungodly sinners have said against him. John wrote in Revelation, The armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses wearing pure white linen. So what I'm saying is stop poo-pooing the book of Enoch and the book of Jasher as it's something you shouldn't read. Unless you don't believe you have the Spirit of God in you and that you won't have the discernment to be able to tell the difference between truth and fallacy. Now let's talk about the time we live in now. The Apostle Paul talked to Timothy about it. And in his second letter he said, But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Hard times, trying times, those are other translations. We're being beat down physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially, and it seems like justice and equity for the righteous is just a vague hope. Suicides are up, drug addiction is up, and the youth in the Western world are the most confused of any time in history. And even for Christians, many are losing hope. The Bible says hope delayed makes the heart sick but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I hear two separate comments that describe what most Christians think and believe about what we're going through right now. I hear the one side who believe there's nothing we can do about anything because it's all written in the scriptures that it would get bad in the last days, so we need to just sit on our blessed assurance and wait for God to bring the consummation of all things or just rapture us out of here. There are those on the other side who say, we need to take action in every way we can. Like James said, faith is action. Faith without works is dead. So which one is really the right one? Jesus taught a parable. He told them a parable of the need for them to pray always and not give up. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he was unwilling. But later he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay helping them? I tell you, he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What is the point of Jesus sharing this parable? What he's saying is that people cry out, to unjust judges and people who could care less about making sure you get justice and fairness. But God cares more than any unjust judge in this world, and he wants us to come to him about everything because he hears the prayers of his people and he will bring justice. And then he says this at the very end, when I return to earth, will I find faith? Why would he say that? I believe it's because many people who claim to be believers, who claim to be Christians, continue to run to the world and cry out to the unjust judge. 
And when he returns to the earth, it will be so extremely bad and so extremely difficult that only those who have put all their trust and all their faith in him will overcome. The Apostle James said, Senseless person, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. I hear unbelievers say, well, why would God allow this? Why would he allow the devil to do this or that, referring to all the evil that's happening in this world? It's because they don't understand. Man, specifically Adam and Eve, allowed the devil to usurp the authority that God originally gave them. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. God is sovereign, but listen to me. Jesus does not rule the earth right now, except in the hearts and lives of those who've been born again. God's kingdom principles do not apply to people of this world, only to believers. That's why the Apostle Paul said, In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and impostors will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore. We're supposed to stand against evil. We're not supposed to let it just run roughshod over us and our families. Sounds to me like faith is definitely an action word. I'm convinced that when the Apostle Paul wrote his last letter to Timothy, he knew he was going to die soon. He made it very clear by saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Living a godly life in faith is like being in a fight. It's a battle to stand against the hidden things, to expose them, and never compromise your obedience and faith to Jesus Christ. Think about it. 